0: Welcome to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. WellMed Radio will educate you about health and wellness for seniors and their families throughout Bear County in Central Texas. During the next hour, your hosts Ron Aaron and nurse practitioner Cora Juke will share information that will help you improve your health and wellness. And now, here's Ron Aaron and Cora Juke. Well, thank you so much for joining us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co host, nurse practitioner Cora Juke, a graduate of Texas Tech University, had her undergraduate degree and her master's in nurse practitioning there, and now is working on her doctorate at the University of Texas in Houston. Nice yeah. to see you
1: again. It's great to be back. How was your week? It was wonderful. How was yours? Well, I.
0: Listen, doctor, <laughs> I have had a head cold for like a thousand years now.
1: You know, I thought about that. You have since what at least November. Yes. Yes, yeah. you've been stuffy and yeah. sneezy stuffy. and yeah. and dopey and Flevum. grumpy and phlegmy and yeah, you've been all the seven dwarves. So I, <laughs> I just got back from Orlando a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So
0: I said <laughs> to my pharmacist Jennifer at the local HEB, I said, "Jennifer, I need something. I you know, I, I do radio. I got to be able to talk. I can't hear." And she looked at me and she said, Welcome to the crowd because everybody's got it.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, the first question that I have for you, Ron, is have you followed medical advice? Yes. Okay. So you're telling me that you have used your distilled water neti pot, correct? I have not. So you have not followed medical advice, right?
0: I need to get one.
1: Yes, you do. So... I did a steroid pack, you know. Well, the steroid pack is good. Didn't do anything. But you have to do it in conjunction with Ah. everything else. And, you know, look outside the window right now. It's dreary. It's cold. It goes from rainy. And then, you know, this is like... Texas weather is like a schizophrenic menopausal woman, right? It's, you know, <laughs> the other states say, Let the oh. record show
0: you said that I did not.
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny because I saw a meme not too long ago that says, you know, Oklahoma, you have tornadoes. This is Texas. Hold my beer. You know, we're going to have a tornado and a hurricane and, and, and all sorts of stuff in one day. Exactly.
0: Right. And we have. Sure, yeah. sure.
1: So, you know, unfortunately, if you if you look at the weather, the weather is productive of what's going to happen inside of our bodies. And the head cold is one of them. And not to mention, we have a lot of people who don't wash their hands and they're spreading their gunk and their germs. And we're getting it right through our sinus cavity.
0: And we have three little kids who are Petri dishes.
1: Yeah. So I I once had a patient who was a bus driver, and he used to tell me, he says, I don't drive kids. I drive germs disguised as children. Yes. That's what I drive. And he was- always sick and he says you know i sterilize that bus i said you can sterilize the bus but you cannot sterilize your skin and you cannot sterilize your hands and you're constantly touching things and he says but i use the the little you know device um the what is it the sanitizer i said that's true, but you probably haven't worked on your own immune system to build it up. And so it's it's like the first-year teacher. The first-year teacher is always going to call in and need a substitute. But, you know, that 20-year teacher, they're like, I got this. I got this. I got sick kids everywhere. They just call the parents, come pick them up, and, and they never get sick.
0: So he or she has immunity.
1: Yeah, yeah. So here's a couple of things that you need to do. Thank so you. if you are one of the seven seven snot dwarves, you know— <laughs> And I say that with reference because I just got back from Orlando, right, Disney World, where it was eighty degrees, and then I come back to. Cold. Did you go
0: to the home of the mouse?
1: No, I did not. I didn't. I did not take my kids. So no, I stayed in. I I was. Uh, well,
0: you you look like you got a little sun. I, I mentioned that to I you did, earlier. I did.
1: I did. I was outside quite a bit because it was absolutely gorgeous weather. So I did yeah. go for walks outside. It was was beautiful. But then I come back to you know this this forty five degree overcast kind of muggy and and I feel the stuffiness of my nose so here are some things that we can do for our head colds right <clears throat> we know that they're viral and, and you probably are just continuing to, as soon as you get what, rid of one virus, the next one is already there lurking. So what we need to do is, first and foremost, we have to stimulate our immune system. We have to get those good cultured bacteria to do some work for us. And if you've taken antibiotics, if you've taken, um, if, you, if you're drinking a lot of waters, if you're not taking those, those good bacterias in, you're not boosting your immune system. So how do you do that? Probiotics is the key. Probiotics. And I know before you've written down a line in culturel because we've talked about them. They're the individual peel pack probiotics, okay? So if you get the big acidophilus at Sam's or Costco.
0: Yeah, 8,000 pills. Yeah,
1: by the time you open the bottle to get the first pill, the bottom pill has already started to die because it gets uh, exposed to air And they start to die because these are live cultures and they can only survive in the belly, okay, and and they start to work immediately as soon as they hit air. So you got to start taking those. You can also eat cottage cheese, you can do yogurt. I like cottage cheese. Cottage what does that do? Cottage cheese is great. So it also has some of those live cultures oh. in them. So if you're not a big fan of just taking an oral probiotic daily, I like a pill, then you want it, You can eat cottage cheese. You can um, eat yogurt, as long as it's not the sugary type of yogurt. I know Activia, Activia is one that, that boosts that they have all these natural live cultures. Well, if you really look at it all yogurt does. Not go-gurt, necessarily, where they've processed it That's out. it's kid stuff. Yeah. But but actual real yogurt. Um, <clears throat> Greek yogurt is great, and you can combine it with honey or fruit or whatever you want to, but those have the live bacteria that are actually going to build your immune system. You need good bacteria to fight bad bacteria. So
0: tell me the name of that probiotic again.
1: So there's one called Align, and there's another one called Culturel. So they're competing companies, but what you want to look for in They're a little expensive, but do you, would you rather do that and have a healthy immune system or would you rather feel cruddy? So... If you if you're looking for a good an- an probiotic, even if they have a a generic probiotic, that's perfectly fine. But one thing you want to look for is that they're in their individual peel packs.
0: Those packs are impossible to open. They
1: are. So I have to keep those little nose hair trimmer scissors. Right. My husband probably doesn't like them, and he's probably wondering why they're not as sharp as they used to be because I'm Cause cutting. You're cutting I cut tags off of clothes. Uh, right. I cut all sorts of things, you know. Um, and then I just clean them off and put them back in his yeah. drawer.
0: <laughs> At least you clean it.
1: Right. Right but you want to make sure that you're getting those individual peel packs. Don't peel unpeel them and put them into a pill pill bottle dispenser or something like that for the week. Have it every day that you have to open up that peel pack. And so you want a new antibiotic or a new probiotic every day. Now if you're taking antibiotics, you really need probiotics. Yeah, no, I, I don't, so for I try to avoid antibiotics. Right. And there's a lot of people in in you, a lot of your generation Expect when they go to the doctor that they're going to get an antibiotic or something when they're not feeling well because your generation didn't abuse antibiotics like my generation did. So your generation, if you were told to take an antibiotic for 10 days, you did. So you kept these bacteria at bay. Then comes my generation who we were told will take it for 10 days and we thought, oh, well, we feel better in three. I'm going to save these seven days for another time that I get sick. And then what have we done? We've just allowed the bacteria to build and build and build And it, they've taken their own probiotics And they have built this immunity wall Against these antibiotics wow. That are supposed to kill them
0: Now she's Cora Juke, nurse practitioner Our co-host here on Wellman Radio I'm Ron Aaron If you just joined us, you're hearing us at 9.30 a.m. The Answer So those probiotics put good Bacteria in your gut
1: good bacteria. So you need the good bacteria to fight the bad bacteria. We all have bacteria in our gut It, it helps us to break down foods and digest it keeps us from having diarrhea and constipation Well, The reason
0: I don't like antibiotics anymore mm-hmm is at uh, one point, this a couple of years ago, I developed C. diff, mm-hmm. which is just awful.
1: That was a complete lack of good bacteria in your gut. I killed
0: all the good ones off.
1: You absolutely did. With an antibiotic. And so you were just shedding the linings of your colon constantly. Was terrible. by terrible. By, by going to the bathroom, and it is a miserable experience. The cramping that comes along Nobody with Nobody wants it, it. it. Is miserable. So taking these probiotics is a good thing. And you know... The most extreme cases for C. diff, there's actually a cure that sounds absolutely disgusting. And, and I'm glad we can say it on the radio. Fecal I implants. The fecal implants. It was nasty
0: yes. that got me to fecal implants.
1: Yes. So
0: Who do they collect it from?
1: Well, they actually do cultures from people who have... Good bacteria, an overabundance of good bacteria. And so they take that and they implant it. Of course, they purify it. You know, you're not getting...
0: Somebody's poop.
1: Yes, yes. It is gross to think about, but they're transplanting this good bacteria from one person, from one healthy individual, kind of like a blood transplant or blood transfusion into your colon. And they're doing it via enema. Okay, so it has to go in the same hole that it comes out of. And so they do it via enema and they have you hold on to it. Well, the good bacteria absorbs up into the colon and then you flush the rest out. But they do this so that you can restore your immune system because 80% of our immune system lives in our gut. So Mm. we have to to take the probiotics. That's the first thing we have to do. The second thing we have to do is we've got to flush these allergens out out of our system and how do we do that where do they recept they recept into the sinuses so when i say a sinus flush that's exactly what it is now they have vacuum ones that you see on tv that you put your two nostrils on it and it looks like it's a a fire hose that blasts into one and sucks it out with the other you don't have to go through that i mean i think you can get it for under 14 dollars at any local grocery store or local retailer and Here's the deal with the, with the neti pots. They're called neti pots, okay? It's using a hypertonic saline solution. It's not like contact solution, so you wouldn't want to try to flush your, your nose with contact because I've, I've had patients do it. I've had patients do it. It's actually a hypertonic, so it's not, it's not taking because we're made of saline, okay? So it's not increasing or decreasing the pH balance of our sinuses by using hypertonic saline solution. So what you actually want to do is you want to use distilled water. Do not use drinking water. Do not use tap water. There have been some claims of people who have died from some amoebas that actually get in from the tap water up into the brain. Because just think, your sinuses and brain are not too far from each other. There's like a thin lining, okay? And and That's the
0: barrier. That
1: is the barrier. But
0: amoebas go through it. The
1: amoebas can go through it. And it's a bacteria... It, it goes up and you get a brain infection. And you die. And you die, yes. You, if you get a brain infection, you will die. Imminent death is going to happen. I mean, wow. it, you cannot avoid it. So the moral of the story is to stay away from drinking water when you're putting it up into your sinuses. Everything needs to be sterile. So the netty pot, it's this little pot that you can rinse out and you can reuse it over and over and over again. It, it looks like a mini teapot. It's plastic. You want to wash it out really good with soap and water. Don't use it right out of the package. You know, you just never know what the manufacturer has done. And I know this is a lot of detail. I'm the
0: guy who eats apples without but, washing them.
1: Yeah, my kids eat the grapes and it drives me crazy. I'm like, just wash them, please. And I, I use them. I use the, the metaphor of, I say, okay, think about the guy who's picking them and he's just picked his nose and he's you know pulled out this nasty thing out of his uh. nose and then he continues to go and pick them and nobody's washed those grapes by the time oh. they got to the grocery store oh think about that you wouldn't want wouldn't want to eat what came out of his nose no, right I would not. so wash your apples and wash your grapes so <laughs> uh. <laughs> needless to say you want to wash out your pot and then you want to take Distilled water. This is the same type of water that you would put in a CPAP machine. So those of you who are using a CPAP machine, to include my husband, you would want to make sure to use distilled water, not purified water, not anything else. It has to be sterilized.
0: Well, we used to use that in the baby's formula.
1: Yes, we use it in our iron, too, you right. know, when you're, you're ironing your clothes. So you use your distilled water, and they come in with these little packets of hypertonic saline. So you would want to pour. It comes with
0: the neti pot? It
1: comes with the neti pot. I always tell people, warm it up a little bit in the microwave, just to a, a, a little bit above room temperature. Warm what up? Warm, warm the water oh. up. Mm-hmm. It helps the, the salt to to disintegrate inside the water. But it's also not shocking to the system. Because think about when you jump in the pool and you inhale that water up your nose and it's cold and yeah. it's shocking. I always tell people, warm it up because your body's 98 degrees. You would want what's going in to be warm, and you don't feel it as much either. It's not as shocking to the system. For the first-timers, I tell them, bend over a sink and pant like a dog. I gave you a description. So
0: wh- how does the neti pot work? What well, happens? What
1: it does is that it, you put it into one nostril, and it goes in, the The water goes in, and it flushes all of that nasty stuff out. It flushes out the allergens. it how does flushes it get up out there? the snot. Well, I'm getting ready to tell you. So you bend over a sink, you pant like a dog, and you put it on one side of your nostril. So pick a, pick a nostril, any nostril. You lean over and you pour the water and it goes by gravity into the sinuses and it comes out the other side of the other nostril. So you see this cluster of mucus and nastiness. And it, it's usually pretty murky when it comes out the other side. And, and you're flushing your sinuses. And believe it or not, a lot of people can breathe better right after the neti pot. Now one thing that I will say is when you're stuffy and you can't breathe out of your nose chances are you've had you have some mucus up there but it's swelling of the nasal cavity and the sinuses so it's not just that you have the mucus you get rid of it and you can breathe it's that everything in there is swollen so think about an allergic reaction when like for me I'm allergic to cats I touch a cat I scratch my eye my eye starts to swell and I can't see the same happens inside the sinuses so when you're flushing it out, you're flushing those allergens, you might also have to take a medication on the back end, too. Like? Like Allegra, Claritin, Zyrtec, one of those daily allergy pills. You live here in South Texas, you have to take it every day. Now I take
0: Zyrtec, uh, mm-hmm. I switched from Claritin. Yes. Uh, and I don't know that it makes a difference. How do you know?
1: Well, It does make a difference if you use it in combination with all the other things that you have to do. You know, people think, well, if I just take my Allegra every day or my Zyrtec every day, I'm going to be fine. Not living here. Not living here. Now, maybe if you lived in Arizona, you'd be okay.
0: Stay with me just a minute. We're going to come right back to flushing your sinuses on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with nurse practitioner Cora Juke. I hope you're not eating as we talk about this because we air 5 p.m. Sundays, hold the meal off for a little bit. You hear us at 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Carol Zornio, we talk a lot about caregiving on Caregiver SOS on air, but what is
2: it? Caregiving is caring for a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone who's in your life that needs help with bathing, dressing, buying groceries, medical appointments. If you do any of those things, you're a caregiver.
0: And how can this program help?
2: Caregiver SOS on air has information from people who have been caregivers, who work with caregivers. It can be book authors, scientists, doctors, the latest information on caregiving right here on KLUP. And one of the things we learn from so
0: many folks is they fail to ask for help when they need it.
2: Well, caregivers do need help. We don't like to ask for help, but we need it. And you'll get tips on how to ask for help and how to have a better life as a family caregiver.
0: Plus, there's a great website you can go to, caregiversos.org. Caregiver SOS on air, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 930 a.m., The Answer. I want to share with you advance word on the run for seniors to benefit the WellMed Charitable Foundation. It's a 5K run walk and a 2.5 run walk, 7 a.m. registration, 8 a.m. race start, It all takes place Saturday, May 4th at Mission County Park Pavilion, 6030 Padre Drive. Simply call 210-301-8800. 210-301-8800. Just $10, uh, uh, well, kids 10 and younger and seniors 60 and older are free. Pre-registration is $30 and the day of registration is $40. You can also be a virtual runner if you don't want to get up and run or walk. You sign up, you pay your money, and we give you a blanket so you can wrap up in that blanket instead of getting out to run and walk. We also have a costume contest. It's Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Be with you. Dress as a favorite superhero, and we will see you on May 4th for the WellMed Charitable Foundation Run for Seniors. I'll be there. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our nurse practitioner, Cora Juke, and we're talking about head colds and seniors and flushing out your sinuses, and we're going to find out about phlegm in just a minute. Yeah. So talk to me again. The neti pot, uh, I'm trying to figure out what really makes it work. Do you plug it in? Do you... No,
1: no. It's all by gravity. So what so you doing- So where is it?
0: You hold it up? Or...
1: Yeah, you're just taking a pot and you're holding it up. So think about taking a teapot, okay, or even take this bottle of water here. Right. So I'm going to take this bottle of water. Well, the natural tendency is to tilt it up up okay so that the water runs out of it and it's going into my nostril because it has a very small hole from the neti pot and it literally looks like a teapot so it's got the little you know here I'm a little teapot short and stout here's my handle and here's my spout and my spout goes to your nostril okay and so as you tilt up and you're bent over, that water runs up and you can feel it. It runs up into the sinuses and comes out the other side. So it, you know, there's, there's not a huge area in there that it's going through. So you want to let all of it run through until it's clear that it comes out the other side, just like hmm. the water that's going in. It doesn't sound thing, like fun. <clears throat> it's It's not fun. I think I, the very first time I did it, I was scared, so I I was miserable. I had a sinus infection that had lasted for about two weeks, and I had I was at the point where I was done, and the doctor kept telling me, "Well, have, have you done the neti pot? You need to do the neti pot." And I thought, okay, I I, I guess I'm desperate. I'm going to do this neti pot. So I went next door. We had our office was right next door to a uh, a pharmacy, and so I bought it. I went through the whole directions with them, and I leaned over the counter, and I'm trying to convince myself, OK, hey, Corey, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this." And so I said it said just focus on breathing out of your mouth. Well, the only way I could do that was to pant like a puppy dog. So here I am with my tongue hanging out literally <laughs> You know, and and I'm pouring it through my nose, but there I, that was the right thing to do because I was focused on breathing out of my mouth. The last thing you want to do is inhale through your nose because you've got water in there. So I was panting like a puppy and it felt strange, but it didn't hurt. Nothing hurt. And I watched as this stuff was coming out the other side and I thought that was up in my nostrils and and it's just like I said, it's not always just mucus. It's allergens, so the water was murky. I can't say it was thick, but the water was murky, and I could see it, and I felt better after doing it. Now, I did it twice a day, and my sinus infection went away because I had been on antibiotics. I had already been on antibiotics, and nothing was helping. So in combination with doing the, the probiotics and my daily allergy pill of choice and then also doing the neti pot, It helped. Now, one thing that I will tell you about the neti pot that's very important that they do not tell you is in storage. So if you're gonna use it twice a day, you're gonna keep refilling it. Well, there's there's no time for bacteria to really sink in because you gotta think it's been up next to your nose. One thing that you wanna do is make sure that that neti pot is completely dry prior to the next use. I tell people to get a little bit of distilled water and do a one-to-one ratio of distilled water and alcohol, just isopropyl rubbing mm. alcohol, and that the alcohol actually dries the water out, and store it upside down, and make sure that you clean it before each use. So, kids again, it's been next to your nose, and we just talked about the guy who was picking grapes and you know scratching his nose and putting the grapes back in the basket. So yeah, so that you got to do. Let's let's recap. We got to do the probiotics. We got to do the daily allergy medicine, and we've got to do the neti pot. We've got to do something else, too, because we thought about once you have that mucus up in the sinuses, gravity going to pull it down to the throat, right? In the back of the throat, you're constantly <clears> throat> trying to clear that out. You got to lay down, and you swallow it. It's and awful it's, when you lay down. And you're trying to swallow, and it doesn't go down, and you think... If I just swallow really hard and hold it for just a few minutes or a few seconds, it's going to stay down. And sure enough, it pops right back up. And it's disgusting and it makes your throat hurt and you go to get a drink of water and you think you're going to thin it out. I've I've done it all. I've done it all. I, I sympathize with you when you get that snot in the back of your throat. It's disgusting. And I'm not one of these people. I was always jealous of those men who could, let's say, hawk a loogie. It was so gross. But they could do it and get rid of it. I can't. I'm in the bathroom and I'm hawking and I'm gagging and it just sounds like a chicken being you know decapitated in there and my husband's laughing at me and and my kids and I come out and I'm wait a minute red. this is a guy
0: who sleeps in a CPAP who's laughing at you well
1: he was laughing at me yeah well he, you know he's completely oblivious to it he was snoring and he was great until I was you know sounding like Night of the Living Dead in the bathroom and I come out and I'm just red and I'm irritated and. I still have that snot in the back of my throat and it's gross. So how do you get rid of it? If you can cough it up, great. If you can't, you really need to avoid a few things. You've got to avoid dairy products because dairy products will make it thicker. Okay. Really? It makes the snot and it makes it just yogurt? Sta- yogurt, you want to avoid it right before you go to bed because it makes your it makes your saliva mm. a little thicker. So have your dairy products in the morning. You know, have your cottage cheese in the, for breakfast. That's right. a great breakfast with your fruit. So you want to avoid the milk. You want to avoid ice cream. You want to avoid any of those dairy products right before you go to bed that's going to make that mucus a little thicker in the back of your throat and kind of give you that nasty coating inside of your mouth. You want to gargle with some salt water. So just like I told you with the hypertonic saline solution going inside of your nose, it You want to make sure to restore the pH balance inside of your throat as well. But you want to thin that, those secretions out. And by doing that, you can actually gargle with some salt water. Just regular water isn't going to help, but some salt salt water. So get some table salt, mix it. And gargle it. Ocean water is great, but you know I I don't have ocean ocean water with me right now. And sometimes in Corpus, I don't know that I'd want to gargle that water. No, (laughs) not with the bacteria that I've heard of. How do you spell amoebas? Right. So you want to gargle that, and that will actually thin out those secretions as well.
0: How often do you gargle?
1: I I gargle once a day, just or at night, right before I go to bed to kind of thin that out. Um, The other thing is if it's still occurring and you really are having a hard time. You might have a little bit of acid reflux, silent acid reflux that you're just not thinking of, which is actually coming from the other side up. So it's meeting in the middle and just really making for a miserable, you know, swallow show. It's just really, really difficult. So... Taking something like a Zantac, not Pepsid, okay? So Pepsid is a different, it's, it's called a proton pump inhibitor, and that would need to be in your body for at least two weeks for it to work, and you have to take it on an empty stomach because it doesn't play well with food. But Zantac is actually a medication that will go in and turn off some of those allergy receptors. And that also helps with allergies. So not only are you killing two birds with one stone by the acid reflux so you can eat your spicy mexican food or your chili take your zantac and then you're also helping with your allergies too so sometimes you have to block every single receptor you've got out there going to your doctor and talking to them about another medication called Singulair. singular is a medication that was actually invented for pediatric asthma So it keeps the airway stable. It's an inhaler? No, it's a pill. Ah. And for kids, they can chew it. So it comes in 5 milligrams, 4 milligrams, 5 milligrams, and 10 milligrams for adults. And so we actually swallow this pill, and it actually stabilizes some of the mast cells within our our sinuses and allergy receptors as well. So this combination, and you have to find the right combination for you. And then when all else fails, you move to Arizona. Right. (laughs) <laughs> That's what you do, but when you really love South Texas and you, and you really appreciate the culture and the heritage here, and you really want to stay, you just have to get through this allergy season. And this one sounds like it's been a doozy for you. I'll
0: tell you a funny story about that. My late uncle Ben,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who was a, a physician in World War II, uh, after the war ended, he was looking where to go to open his practice mm-hmm. as an allergist. Mm-hmm. He moved to Palm Springs, California. Okay. And when he moved there, it was desert. Right. But Uncle Ben was smart because he knew many of his colleagues who were recommending to those who could afford it moved to Palm Springs, no allergies. Mm-hmm. So what happened when people moved there? They planted lawns mm-hmm. and flowers and shrubs and blooming they trees. They boomed
1: his business.
0: Uncle Ben, <laughs> in the last decade or two of his practice he ultimately retired he's deceased now he and his wife drove matching rolls royces isn't
1: that amazing
0: made a fortune yes and and hadn't i don't know if he was smart enough to have planned it out but it sure worked for him.
1: It sure did. It sure did. So, you know, all the things. So Arizona's have, is the place to go now. It is. It is because it's, de- it's desert. And, um, you know, I, I, the last time I was in Tucson, I, I did not see anybody planting anything but cacti.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and cacti have no allergens.
0: And they bloom every hundred years. I, yeah. Or so. And,
1: and it's desolate and it was awful. It was awful, but. I had no allergies. The one thing, or the two things that I can say that I loved about Arizona was, one, no allergies, and two, great hair. Absolutely great hair. No humidity. I had no humidity. You're exactly right. I mean, I only had to wash once every three days because I never sweat. I mean, in the wintertime, I never sweat. It wasn't that hot. Summertime, yeah, I melted. I can honestly say I went to Las Vegas one time, and I wore some plastic flip-flops, this was about 20 years ago. And uh and I'm standing on a street corner getting ready to cross the street and it was I think it was like 2000 degrees outside. Probably. And my feet got really hot and I looked down and my plastic flip-flops had melted <laughs> to the concrete. Wow. <laughs> That's how hot it is out there. So yeah, you got to be careful with that. Got to be careful.
0: So, as long as we've been gross, I need to ask you a mm-hmm. gross question. Mm-hmm. Is it harmful to swallow all that phlegm?
1: So it, it is not harmful, but it sure can make for an upset tummy because your stomach does not like that. Juicy phlegm. It just doesn't like that thick mucus. And so for children a lot, you will see as they have started to swallow their phlegm and when they have ear infections and sinus infections, they tend to vomit. But the good thing is, is there's enough force in the vomit to get the phlegm up and out. So there's nothing left to swallow. So
0: it's a positive.
1: It is a positive. Uh, because the stomach acid can, you know, stomach acid can actually break down anything. It can break down a steel pipe. Really? That's how that's how toxic wow. hydrochloric acid is. And so when it's coming up, it's also breaking down that phlegm. It's thinning it out. It burns out. when it comes it up. It burns. So yeah, you want to you want to try to avoid, you know, vomiting if possible, but it does get rid of it. But yeah, the best thing to do is not to swallow it, is to cough it up if you can. If you can, but if you're me, you can't do that. It just doesn't come up. So blowing your nose, you know, I can honestly say, blowing your nose and blowing that stuff out of it is the best thing. Don't don't snut, you know, sniff it in and and swallow it in the back end, you know, into your into your throat. Blow it out. And when you're blowing your nose, use wet wipes. Use wet wipes because the tissue. Actually, is very irritating to the nose, and people take their tissue and they put it up in their sign, you know, up in their nose, and they kind of rustle little rounds in there. But the wet wipes will actually help you get rid of some of that.
0: You've got a hidden camera on me. <laughs> How did you know? Are
1: you a, are you a wet wiper? Or no, you,
0: I will be now. Yeah,
1: you take that tissue, and I know yeah, I watch we my have daughter. Of wet wipes. She makes that little cone, and she sticks it up in her nose, and she twirls it around. And that's think, me. Ugh. Why yeah. are you doing that? Take a wet wipe and do that because you're actually getting rid of some of those allergens I have to try as well. That. You've
0: mm-hmm. changed my life.
1: Yeah. And it, it really makes your nose not so crusty and not, not hurt so bad too.
0: When one blows one's nose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that the sinuses that are clearing out?
1: It is. It is. It's the sinuses. You're sometimes
0: blowing. you can productively blow your nose and sometimes you can't. So
1: when you can't, you're, you've got to remember you're stuffy, but you're swollen. So everything's tight in there, and it's making you feel like there's mucus in there. And you might even be able to sniffle and hear some type of, you know, some type of mucus or some type of moisture in there but truly what's happening is you have these turbinates and you might have this
0: What's a turbinate?
1: It's inside your nose they look like little fingers and or fan blades and they kind of you know sweep in and sweep out stuff and they they make it to where they filter a lot of the stuff that we breathe in they kind of keep it out
0: Maybe I have tired turbinates You
1: might have tired you might have floppy turbinates i
0: right. Wow Yeah
1: but you might you know sniffle and you might feel or hear some type of moisture in there of snot of some sort and it might be very very little what you're really hearing though or what you're really feeling is that that sinus pressure from the swelling.
0: Now you keep touching your cheeks for sinuses. Mm-hmm. Are they above your eyes also?
1: So, you have several sinuses and when you're when you're talking to patients and it, as a physician or a nurse practitioner or physician assistant, we always do an assessment on patients. And so you might wonder why your doctor's pressing against your face. Right. And, and one thing that's I thought it was because he liked me. Sure, sure. And it feels good. A lot of times it feels good. You know, when you have sinus pressure, if you actually massaged underneath your eyes and right On the other, on the sides of the bridge of your nose, it actually feels good, and you can feel that squishiness in there. You can feel the mucus, but they'll push right underneath your eyes, and they'll push right between your eyes, just a little bit above your eyebrow, top of your nose. That is where, yeah, that's where your sinuses are, and they're just empty cavities that collect mucus and they filter air, and they, you know, keep. They also keep your brain protected from those amoebas. You know, it's just that gap in between, you know, the outside world and your brain.
0: It's a pretty good design.
1: It's a great design, except when it gets except clogged. when you live in South Texas and it gets clogged and swollen wow. and mucusy. Yeah, but the best thing to do is to get rid of this. You know, to keep to keep the sinus pressure down. You want to make sure to just take care of yourself proactively. We always like to do proactive rather than reactive, right? So I have actually started taking allergy medicine. Every day, 365 days a year, just to help with that, you know, prevention of the sinus stuff. I know South Texas weather is only getting worse. There's only more allergies and more pollution coming right. in. So I need to just be proactive. And I always tell people every three months, change your allergy medicine. If you use Allegra for three months, Change it to Zyrtec, then change it to Claritin. Change it up and, su- and trick your body because your body gets immune to things.
0: You mentioned that to me, I guess, uh, several weeks ago, and I've mm-hmm. done that. Good. Uh, and the Zyrtec I bought, which I've never used before, comes in foil packs
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and dissolves on your tongue.
1: It dissolves on your tongue. There's I like that. There's all different that. ways of taking Yeah, they even make chewables. Um, what's interesting, though, is... And, and I know it's tough for some of our seniors because they are on a fixed income. But the most success that I've ever had with allergy medication has been name brand.
0: Yeah, you, you had mentioned that to me. Name brand. So I bought the real Zyrtec. It's,
1: you know, the fexofenadine and the cetirizine and, and the generics of these medications, they work to some degree, but there are some fillers in them that sometimes make it ineffective for some people.
0: I have a bottle of about 8,000 Claritin knockoffs, Mm -hmm. which I threw out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it really, it it doesn't do a whole lot for us. Uh, You know, some people swear by it, and that's great for them. But for me, it just wasn't doing the trick until I switched to a name brand.
0: If you just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with nurse practitioner Cora Juke, our co-host. And we were talking about the yuckies in your head. I want to switch to the yuckies in your lungs. At the end of our show last week uh, with Dr. Uh, Tamika Perry up in uh, Redbird Well Med Clinic outside of Dallas, uh, I mentioned at the end I am seeing more and more and more television ads for medications to treat COPD. Uh, They're everywhere. And I assume that means a lot of people have it.
1: You know, millions and millions of people have COPD. So COPD is an acronym. It stands for Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease. And when we think about obstructive, okay, just like we were talking about earlier when you can't breathe in your sinuses and you're, you know, trying to breathe in your nose and it's just clogged, it's the same concept inside of the lungs. Obstructive, though, by thick mucus. I... I, the the worst sound and I, and I'll let me back up the the worst thing for every clinician everybody has some type of body fluid that really just makes them ill and I can deal with feces I can deal with emesis or vomit I can deal with just about anything and everything but there's two things that I cannot absolutely cannot deal with one is snot. It's not is in mucus is gross. It's just absolutely disgusting, and that's that's that now, is now to
0: patients. Bring you in their uh, phlegm and say, oh, yes. "Gee, how does this look?" And what do i you had think? to go
1: after it too, and suction people, and it just—it's it, all I can do to get through it without dry heaving. Um, and I do dry heave sometimes, and I tell the patient, "Look, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, this is just something that I can't do." Um, that and 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 you know, false teeth when patients used to come because I worked in the operating room for so year, so many years. Yeah, to take just, them out. It that didn't bother me so much as when they had the red jello in between. Oh. <laughs> that used to bother me, but. But the, the mucus bothers me and it bothers a lot of clinicians because it's thick. It's, it's kind of like what she, it's the unknown. You
0: mean the mucus in your lungs? The
1: mucus in your lungs. Wow. It can be all different colors for people who are welders, um, have been exposed to asbestos and may have been long-term smokers and, and continue to smoke. Sometimes that mucus is brown mm. and it, it has a, it has a distinct odor to it. It's not a pleasant odor. It's malodorous, if you will. um, and it's very thick. And when they cough, sometimes there's nothing worse to me than the sound of somebody who is a smoker and has that, scent, that raspy cough where you can hear that mucus and you just want to look at them and say, get it out, you know, cheer them, cheer them on, get it out, cough it up, cough it up, you know, let's let's get it out. Because I know it's gotta be miserable for them. They feel that in their lungs. It's obstructing the amount of oxygen, one that they can get in, but truly it traps the oxygen to where they can can't compress it out and that's why when you look on an x-ray their lungs are hyperinflated a lot of times it just looks like a cesspool in there with that you know you think about a cave with the dripping water from the ceiling or the slime that falls through this from the ceiling it's the same inside of the lungs uh, for people who have copd and again it's not just from smokers we see people who have had you know like welders i can't tell you the amount of welders that say they've never smoked a day in their life but they have copd
0: should they have worn face masks?
1: But back then they didn't know. Just like the smoking, you know, we didn't have ads that targeted and said, "Stop smoking." and We know it's bad for you. You know, it was it was a cultural thing. I everybody used to smoke, smoked,
0: as you know. I everybody mentioned it.
1: Everybody, sm- your yeah. your OBGYN who was delivering you had a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, and you know what happened? The nurses would have to grab it so that they could grab the baby. You know, and and. It's, we didn't have the knowledge. And I hear a lot of people say that we did, but we really didn't. They, these ads targeted just like, do we have the knowledge about fast food and the way that they target our kids now? Right. Um, so everybody smoked. And so knowing that everybody smoked and that whole generation of baby boomers that smoked, we think about what are they going to need to be treated with now? And it's these medications.
0: And some did drugs.
1: Some did a lot of drugs. Some did a lot of these illicit drugs, especially some of our veterans, you know, who are coming back now or, or came back from Vietnam. Um, a lot of them had experimental drugs from the from the military used on them, but a lot of them returned home and turned to a life of homelessness and, right. and unfortunately did a lot of illicit drugs. And so now their bodies are having to pay for that. You know, they say karma comes back around mm. and unfortunately the karma's hitting them and... If you it, karma if you will, I think it's just a it's just a disease that we're having to deal with, you know, now. And and so there's a huge there's a huge money making opportunity for these pharmaceutical companies to say, I'll come out with the latest and greatest, you know, inhale corticosteroid. So, to help so these people. What are
0: they using to treat C O P D? Let, let's before this influx of all these ads what was the standard, so the standard diagnosis and treatment
1: <clears throat> so the standard it depended on the on the symptoms that the patient had so if the patient was coming in and, and they just had um a cough um or a little bit of shortness of breath then we would use and we still use the step therapy the first thing that we use is the same that they use with asthma it's we call it reactive airway disease and asthma but we call it copd for COPDers. you know where they can't push the oxygen out we want to open up their lungs really quickly so we use a medication that like albuterol, that they breathe in quickly. We call it a rescue inhaler. It opens up their lungs really quickly and allows them to breathe. We hope that they're not able to or not having to use it more than five times a day. But when they come in and they say, look, I've had to use my inhaler a lot more than usual. I'm more short of breath. I'm coughing more. Then you step up to the next therapy, which is an inhaled corticosteroid. When you take that inhaled corticosteroid, you want to increase their lung capacity and you want to decrease the swelling just like up in the sinuses, right? right? So you decrease the swelling and then you're able to compress the oxygen a whole lot better. You're able to utilize that oxygen inside of your blood. So there's inhaled um, bronchodilator, rapid acting bronchodilators, which is called the albuterol. Think about it. It opens up your airway. Then you've got long-acting bronchodilators, which keep it open longer. But a lot of times they have to have the inhaled corticosteroid, which decreases the swelling. So when it's held open longer, they can breathe better. You know, so they the have combo drugs? That they do. Us. They do. They have some combo drugs, which are great. Um, but here's the deal about a lot of these inhaled corticosteroids and combo drugs when they, when they use them. They usually, it usually is a long acting bronchodilator and an inhaled corticosteroid together. People always think, I use it when I need it. That is incorrect. It's just like antibiotics. You use it every day, okay, until it's gone. So, like Advair, for example, Advair is not a medication that you use when you need it, it is a medication that you use. Every single day when you have COPD, just like your doctor tells you if they tell you to use it once a day or twice a day. What you also need to remember is that you've got to get that steroid out of your mouth. There's lingering powder that stays inside of your mouth. You have to rinse that out because that will cause thrush. We have fungus fungus oh. that will grow because of the, the steroid. So you want to just take a bottle of water, rinse out your mouth. And spit. So, getting that, getting that, uh, that inhaled corticosteroid powder outside of your mouth.
0: You can't cure COPD.
1: No, you cannot. You, you cannot. Just like asthma. Now, a lot of children will grow out of asthma. They had childhood asthma. I'm seeing a lot more people, though, who had childhood asthma who are now coming back in. To chronic obstructive asthma wow. so where they think they beat it they did not it, it is coming back and i don't know if it's due to our lifestyle i'm not sure if it's due to the pollutants in the air the ozone i don't know what it's really and it could be a combination of everything um we have such a large population and we're growing exponentially every day so we've got a lot more pollutants we're breathing in a lot more toxins and so we're, we're keeping these airway issues ongoing
0: I know uh, people who had polio mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. were able to recover
1: mm-hmm.
0: who now show symptoms when they're adults right of polio coming back
1: sure sure um you just never know sometimes what these diseases are going to do and unfortunately now polio especially it's come is back one of those yeah uh, and, and I think a disease that
0: mimics polio
1: right and and is it due to a lot of these people who have, not vaccinated? I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a proponent of vaccinations. Well, I think too. that if your child, if you choose not to vaccinate your child, there, there needs to be a special school for them to go to where they can all hang out together. Because mass vaccination, I mean, we've, we've got diseases that have been eradicated because of vaccines, and, and I sure hate to see them coming back. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Stay with me just a minute. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, nurse practitioner, Cora Juke. You're listening to WellMed Radio. On 9.30 a.m. The Answer, we come to you Sundays at 5 p.m. and podcasts of all of our shows are available as well. Just Google WellMed Radio Podcasts and they will pop up. (laughs) Carol Zornio, we talk
2: a lot about caregiving on Caregiver SOS on air, but what is it? Caregiving is caring for a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone who's in your life that needs help with bathing, dressing, buying groceries, medical appointments. If you do any of those things, you're a caregiver.
0: And how can this program help?
2: Caregiver SOS On Air has information from people who have been caregivers, who work with caregivers. It can be book authors, scientists, doctors. The latest information on caregiving right here on KLUP.
0: And one of the things we learn from so many folks is they fail to ask for help when they need it.
2: Well, caregivers do need help. We don't like to ask for help, but we need it. And you'll get tips on how to ask for help and how to have a better life as a family caregiver.
0: Plus, there's a great website you can go to, caregiversos.org. Caregiver SOS on air, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 930 a.m., The Answer. We are rocking right along here on WellMed Radio on 930 a.m., The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Cora Juke, nurse practitioner who is in every week, and we have incredible conversations like what we are talking about now, the yuck factor is pretty high. But folks who deal with head colds and who deal with mucus and phlegm or COPD and other related issues uh, need to find some approaches that may be useful. And for those of you who are living with someone, maybe you're a caretaker who is struggling with some of these issues, we hope this information is useful as well. Now, beyond COPD, there are other diseases of the lungs.
1: Oh, yeah. Like we talked about earlier, we talked about... uh, asthma, um, which is restrictive airways. Um, it, it just kind of clamps down and doesn't allow the oxygen to flow in and out of the lungs. But there's also obstructive asthma. So not only does it clamp down, but then you also get a collection of fluid or, or mucus in the lungs. Um, so a lot of people might not have COPD they might have a chronic obstructive asthma because they'll tell you, I've never smoked or I've never been exposed to smoke. Um, we have mesothelioma, which is all over, you know, the um, commercials now. You can't watch television for longer than an hour without seeing some type of that right. from mesothelioma. Now, what is that? So it's a it's a type of cancer of the lung. Um it, if you look at the inside of a lung that has mesothelioma, it's black and tarry. Um, it's it's a lot like a COPD type drug or a COPD type disease where they cannot breathe. Um, it it eats away at the interior of the lung mm. over time, and a lot of it has been from the asbestos exposure from military shipyards. Again, welders breathing in all the my my very good friend and cousin actually works at Tinker Air Force Base in in Oklahoma City and
0: you say Tinker I think Tinker Taylor soldier's right? <laughs>
1: exactly so he he was telling me you know he he's a welder and and he says you know there have been times where he has worked on it before we knew all this stuff about mesothelioma he he welded around asbestos all the time Wow they would rip out asbestos walls and and go and weld on the you know on the joints and, and things um, of the frames of buildings and, and ships and and airplanes and I think wow, all the exposure that we didn't even know and now we're unfortunately paying the price of, of all this exposure that we didn't know
0: as people age into their 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. some of these diseases pop up.
1: They do, and a lot of a lot of diseases actually affect the lungs. you know you think about lupus and some of these autoimmune diseases that do attack other organs they attack the kidneys and they can attack the lungs and and make it difficult for people to breathe so there 's all sorts of all sorts of problems so if you 're having you know a chronic cough if you 're having colds frequently that are not going away and it's you know you're looking in the allergen report says that the allergens are low there's nothing in the air it's you know so hot and and there's no humidity then that's the time that you need to go to your doctor you need to go and have a test done to say what is my lung function can you do a chest x-ray and let's look inside and see is there something else underlying that is describe or would describe why or identify why i have this cough you know, for you even, you might have some reactive airway disease. You might have that cough and, and need some albuterol just to rescue you, to keep you from coughing. That might be an idea for you.
0: Well, I might call my doctor.
1: There you go. What do you think? I think it's great. I, I would tell Dr. Presses to be expecting a phone call. Oh, well, thank you very <laughs> much.
0: Got about a minute and a half left. As you think about, as, as we now move into the really the dead of winter, mm-hmm. what are some things seniors should think about?
1: Well, you know, you really want to be careful with the... With the temperature outside making sure that you stay warm because again your skin is a little thinner your blood is a little thinner you want to make sure that you're staying warm you want to make sure that you're keeping your toes covered you want to make sure that you're not indulging overindulging in the warm coffees with the creamers and things like that to keep your sugars up but you don't want to fall outside if if it does ice or something you wouldn't want to slip and fall so you need to be cautious about your surroundings you need to be cautious about warming using space heaters cuz you don't want to set a fire Inside of your house, you want to make sure to test for carbon monoxide and smoke alarms. The fire department can help you with that if you're unaware of how to do that um, and and overall, you just need family around you at this time because we also think about depression.
0: young uh, uh, boy and his grandmother died in a fire in Alamo Heights mm-hmm. uh, before Christmas uh, and they had no smoke detector. It yeah. occurred to me at the time. Uh, it was kids who helped people quit smoking. They they really turn kids onto that issue, mm-hmm. and they talk to their parents. Sure. We should do the same with smoke detectors. Uh, living in a house without a smoke detector is living with a time bomb.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, especially when it gets cold and we use space heaters in, in these older homes.
0: We will talk more about this. We are flat out of time. I'm Ron Aaron with Cora Juke, nurse practitioner. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been enjoying WellMed Radio, an exclusive presentation of WellMed Medical Management. Join us next week for more on your health and well-being. For more information on WellMed or to hear this broadcast again, go to WellMedMedicalGroup.com. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio.